Welcome to Labor and Love on a Saturday morning. Yes, it is Labor and Love. Let's impeach the president. This is Neil Young from 2005, but maybe twice as relevant today. everybody and welcome to the labor and love radio show this is the b aka bill morgan and we're coming at you from mutiny radio on 2781 21st street 
where there is a, a physical radio station. You can come in and check it out anytime. In fact, come on down to Mutiny Radio. It's more than a radio station. We've got comedy every week, lots of comedy shows, live comedy. You can come down here and work on your lines, work on your routine and have people uh, constructively criticize it, tell you what's good about it, tell you what's bad about it. We've got video. You can rent the space for a hundred bucks for two hours, have your own meeting. Put on your own play. Anyway, come on down to Mutiny where it's happening in the Mission, 2781 21st Street, El Mero Mero, the heart of the Mission District. This is the Labor and Love Show. Every Saturday morning from 10 to 12, we share with you labor news, labor opinion, labor history, labor commentary about the life and times of the American and the world labor movement. In fact, today we've got a uh, we've got a uh, feature on better sex. If you're a communist, we'll have to check that out. At any rate, we tell you how it is on the Labor and Love Show. We tell you that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else work for a dollar they didn't get. We remind you that if you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is, where you work, you're on the menu. They're talking about you. They're talking about your life. That time that you work is part of your life that you'll never get back. Those hours. Well, that's what they're talking about. And the quality of that Finally, never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. This is Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Good morning, everybody. Hope you had a good week and and had good work. Work for the last couple days with my brother, which is always good work for me. So our first, our first set here, the last one, the, the one you heard last was Neil Young, impeach the president. Let's impeach the president. It was written in 2005 at the time when uh, George Bush was president. Certainly uh, twice as relevant now that we have Donald Trump as president. In fact, the idea is frightening that either one of them was ever president of anything. However, before that, we had Aretha Franklin, the great Aretha Franklin, who passed away, regrettably, months ago, on the Steve Allen Show, 1964, on TV, It Won't Be Long. And we let off the set with... A tribute to Ms. Joan Baez, who's, who had her farewell concert, having a series of farewell concerts, retiring from recording an active uh, participation in the music scene. And Ms. Baez sang 
the ballad of Joe Hill. Remember at the Woodstock Festival that Joan Baez stood up and sang the ballad of Joe Hill as if to remind everybody who was there, hey, we're having a great time now, you know, this is out of time here, but we're going to go back to that future, that future of uh, oppression, that eight-hour day without a voice. Joe Hill is just as relevant today as it was then, as it was when Joe Hill was alive. I want to lead off with some news. I want to lead off with some news about the Marriott strike. Um, this is from the San Francisco Chronicle, and this comes just as we get news that in Boston, just a half hour ago, um, the the Marriott workers in Boston, the hotel workers in Boston, have reached a tentative agreement with Marriott. And the headline says, with no deal, SF Marriott hotel strike expected to last through Thanksgiving week. San Francisco's Marriott hotel strike will last through Thanksgiving week amid a contract dispute, the hotel workers union said Thursday. The strike began six weeks ago with 2,500 workers marching in picket lines outside eight hotels as they pushed for higher wages and lighter workloads. Hotel workers in Marriott negotiated late into the night Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but left without a deal. A spokesman for Unite Here Local 2, which represents the workers, said in a statement, Marriott's proposal doesn't come close to preserving affordable health care, giving us livable incomes. We need to survive or ending the pain and injury caused by unsafe workloads. There you go, right right there. Health care, living wage, on the job, you know, on the job presence, working conditions. So yeah, there they are, the three things. Health care, living income, and workplace power, working conditions. We remain committed to negotiating in good faith to reach a fair contract for all parties, a company spokesman said in a statement. He said, Marriott pays significantly above the minimum wage in most markets and provides generous benefits. The union said cleaners in San Francisco make 45000 a year on average. If you got to work all the time, which I'm sure they do, 45000 in San Francisco, 45000 in the Bay Area, not going to make it. I mean, when you think about, you know, you can't afford to live close to your work. All that money you pay for transportation to and from. 
Okay, what if you've got kids? What do you do with kids while you're working those long night shifts or those holiday shifts? And Marriott just has to pay for that. That's all. Marriott made uh, a lot of profit. $19 billion, I believe. Anyway, the 24-hour-a-day protests have led to event cancellation in hotels and reduced services. Marriott and its contractors hired temporary workers who are bussed in from hours away. Marriott would rather... See, this is where you see people say, oh, well, unions, unions are irrelevant. Why do bosses hate them so much? Here, here it is. They're willing to bus in scab workers from far away. They'd rather spend their money that way than come to an agreement with their workers, the people who produce the Marriott Hotel experience. That's their work that does that. As I always say, those are the invisible people, the people who change your sheets, right? The people who pick up your dirty towels. The people who make it all nice and clean again. So when the next person comes, it'll be nice. On November 2nd, Oakland hotel workers reached an agreement to end their strike. San Jose workers came to an accord a week later. Union here, Unite here, local 2850, didn't provide details on the agreement. The 24-hour marching has led to complaints regarding noise and inadequate room cleaning from hotel guests on websites such as TripAdvisor. But it's unclear whether the strike is pushing room rates down, said Holden Lim, president of Hospitality Link International. Well, no, it's not going to push room rates down. <laughs> that means Marriott has to decide to lower their room rates. The busy fall convention season, which includes events such as Oracle Open World, heightens demand for hotel rooms to one of the highest levels of the year. Here's another fact that's a big piece of San Francisco's um, revenue comes from the hotel and convention business. Okay, Companies and associations of of corporations put on these huge shows down at Moscone Center and other places in San Francisco. And it feeds everybody. It feeds the taxi drivers. It feeds the hotels. It feeds the sex workers. Yes. All those people depend on, and other people, the convention people who work at Moscone Center, people who are in uh, unions like Local 510 that do the actual setting up and tearing down of the show. So this is a big deal. San Francisco depends on this. Instead of being a port town, the decision was made in the early 60s that we were going to become a tourist center. 
a world-class tourist center. And it's happened. Okay, um, a temporary hotel worker named Carmelo has filed federal labor charges against Marriott. Says he was fired after speaking briefly to a Unite Here Local 2 organizer, which experts have said could be a federal a violation of federal law that protects union activity. See that? <laughs> They're so afraid of unions. That in itself should be enough to convince you that unions are, are where it's at for workers. Workers have to be unionized. They're so scared of this. This guy was just talking to a union organizer, and he got fired. So imagine that. All right, let's have some music. John Prine. And it's called Paradise. Well... We're going to get paradise. Wait a second. Well, they dug for their coal 
till the land was forsaken. Then he wrote it all down as the progress of man. And Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County, down by the Green River where paradise lay? Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's coal train is hauled it away. When I die, let my ashes float down the Green River. Let my soul roll on up to the Rochester Dam. I'll be halfway to heaven with paradise wing. Just five miles away from wherever I am. And Daddy, won't you take me back to Muhlenberg County, down by the Green River, where paradise lays. Well, I'm sorry, my son, but you're too late in asking. Mr. Peabody's coal train has hauled it away. The Groupon app is amazing. Slow down! This is a group called um, Playing for Change. You can guess which song it is. Beautiful version. Great song. Can't seem to get up 
Okay, welcome back to Labor and Love Radio. That was a flight. That was La Bamba Rebelde by Las Cafeteras, a group that uh, 
group of people who just got together and formed a band with varying degrees of uh, musical ability uh, decided to form a band. And uh, Cal, State North, Cal State Northridge. Anyway, Las Cafeteras with uh, La Bamba Rebelde, the resistance, the resistors bamba, you know, the rebel bamba. Talking about el chicanismo and uh, organizing and culture, cultural. Before that, we had playing for change with a great, great version of honky tonk women. Just a group of guys standing around in the yard, you know, like uh, eight or ten guys of all different ethnicities and uh, clothing styles. I mean, you went from a guy with a tie, another guy with a button-down collar, like an Ivy League uh, shirt, and you went all the way to overalls, right? People in overalls and... uh, singing Honky Tonk Women, which that version is probably closer to the original version as it was written uh, by, by the Rolling Stones and recorded uh, before a guy named Mick Taylor got a, got a hold of it. Taylor was a guitarist and turned it into uh, a total rhythm and blues classic. One of the real uh, all-time songs written by uh, the Rolling Stones, white people. And before that, we had John Prine with a beautiful, heartfelt kind of um, reminiscence about what it was like in paradise, a place in the country where his family used to go, and how the coal companies came in and wrecked it basically wrecked it poisoned it you know ripped it off very nice song paradise okay this is the B and you're on you're in labor and love well you're in labor and you're in love okay two things you gotta be in for labor and love I want to talk about a a situation where this is a socialist worker and it's about local 804, a Teamsters union who uh, didn't like the agreement that the Hoffa leadership group brought to them. Um, This is what it is. After months of contract negotiations between UPS and the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, the union's chief negotiator announced that the union had reached a preliminary agreement. Okay, so far so good, huh? But as soon as the details of the contract were released, Hoffa and his negotiating team faced scrutiny. The Reform Caucus Teamsters United and the long-standing union reform organization, TDU, Teamsters for a Democratic Union, were not happy. TDU argued that teachers, that workers wanted stronger wage increases, 
more full-time jobs, clear language around managerial harassment, and an end to forced overtime that currently has many employees working up to 70 hours a week during peak season. The period between November and January when UPS experiences the highest shipping volume. Now, if you'll notice, (laughs) UPS's business lately has really picked up. You look around and there are boxes all over everywhere being delivered. Stuff that people are buying online. So these boxes arrive at your house because a UPS driver or one of the competing uh, uh, drayage companies, um, delivery companies, um, are, are delivering these boxes. Okay, it's more direct, but their business must have increased so much recently. Anyway, the agreement included a new two-tier system for drivers. Two-tier meaning new workers get paid less than new workers formally got paid. Okay, if you get if you get uh, hired after this passes, then uh, you're getting less money. Basically, you'll get less money. This is the way that companies try to save money. Uh, effectively paying one classification of workers less to perform the same job tasks as their full-time counterparts. The agreement also included a starting wage that falls $2 short of the union's proposed $15 per hour rate. That's how much those drivers, those UPS drivers are making $15 an hour, $13 an hour. Okay. To drive, uh, okay. Anyway, once the contract details were released, a number of union locals, locals began using TDU and TU materials to form vote no contract campaigns that were aimed at keeping the preliminary contract agreement from being ratified. Now, where was this campaign more successful than Local 804 in New York, where 95% of workers voted down the contract? Prior to the vote results, The success achieved by the Vote No campaign resulted in the contract committee refusing to accept any of UPS's proposed concessions during a three-day-long negotiation session over their contract supplement, which covers regional contract issues and additional provisions around pay and benefits. Negotiations over the supplement are still ongoing, but this show of force is a significant step ahead for the workers, whose aim is to win better wages and working conditions for the entire membership by rejecting what they consider a concession, a contract. Once it became clear that Hoffa was pushing such a concessionary contract, 
UPS workers around the country began building a vote no campaign. Three days before the deadline of a proposed strike against Amazon, news broke that Amazon would implement a $15 minimum wage. Anyway, go ahead, read it under socialist workers. This is uh, workers who are fighting to make their unions more democratic and more progressive. This is where it's going to have to happen. When we save the earth, the way it's going to happen is that working people balance the, the weight of killing the earth or getting a paycheck next week by helping to kill the earth. Okay? Or save the earth. It's going to have to happen with working people. We're going to have to unhinge ourselves from the idea that doing someone else's work makes our sustenance, makes our survival. That link has to be broken. Okay, so that's what's happening Local 804. This is now to Radio Labor. This is our weekly labor report from around the world. And it's designed to let you know that you're never alone, that all over the world every day working people are struggling against working conditions, against low wages, against no health plan or a, a crappy health plan all over the world. And they have been every day since the world began. This is Radio Labor. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, November 16th, 2018. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, a new global initiative aimed at equal pay for work of equal value. Hotel workers around the world are fighting back. The Labor Start reported about world union events and singing. When you're too old to work, too old to work. When you're too old to work and you're too young to die. This is Radio Labor. The United Nations and civil society groups, including labor unions, have committed themselves to equal pay for work of equal value by 2030. Radio Labor's Seamarie Ainsborough reports. Unions around the world are engaged in campaigns to win equal pay for work of equal value. Globally, women earn only 77 cents for every dollar that men earn. As a result, women spend whole lifetimes earning less than men and retire into poverty. The global wage deficit of 23% less for women is wider when women have children in countries where there is no adequate child care. For example, in sub-Saharan Africa, the wage deficit for women with children is 31%. For women without children, it's 4%. The pay gap is why the United Nations has declared, as one of its sustainable development goals, the achievement of equal pay for equal work by 2030. To attain the goal, the UN has initiated the Equal Pay International Coalition. EPIC. One of the partners in the coalition is the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC is the global body which represents national union centers such as the Ghana Trade Union Congress. 
Chidi King is the director of ITUC's Equality Department. In an interview with the UN's International Labour Organization, she was asked about the Equal Pay International Coalition, EPIC. EPIC is quite groundbreaking and seminal, and um, given that the role of the ITC is to represent workers in the workplace, then our involvement in this is key. Um, the persistence of the gender pay gap is perhaps the most tangible expression of discrimination against um, women in the workplace, and the fact that no country has yet managed to tackle this the fact that um, as trade unions we still need to bring this to the fore in our collective bargaining agendas means that being part of EPIC, of the Equal Pay International Coalition, can be um, extremely useful um, for us. Ms. King was asked what the ITUC is doing to support Equal Pay. The ITUC and our members, because it's really our members who do the heavy lifting on the ground, um, are working very hard in terms of informing, first of all, um, our membership about their right to equal pay for work of equal value. We're educating our members about the concept of equal pay for equal value because it's still a concept that is um, very much misunderstood, um, what it means to value um, jobs performed by women um, in the same way that we would value equivalent jobs that are being performed by men is not um, always an easy concept to understand. We're engaging, of course, in social dialogue with um, employers and um, to help them also understand how in putting in place policies and practices that will promote gender equality, including equal pay for equal value benefits and um, the employer, as well as, of course, the workforce and contributes to um, sound industrial relations. We're um, pushing the issue up our collective bargaining um, agendas to ensure that it's part of the negotiations that trade unions um, are involved in because um, all research um, continues to show that where um, there are unions in place, where there's collective bargaining on pay, then the gender pay gap tends to be um, narrower. And of course we're working in terms of advocacy with governments to ensure that the right policies um, and laws are in place to encourage um, equal pay for work of equal value. And when we talk about policies, we talk about, of course, employment policies, but also social policy, including, for example, policies related to um, care and family responsibilities and balancing those with work. But we're also talking about macroeconomic policies because this also go, goes to the heart of achieving um, pay equity or equal pay for work of equal value. Ms. King was asked what needs to be done to ensure equal pay for work of equal value. We need to do a lot more. Um, as I already mentioned, making sure that this features, deliberately making sure that this features on collective bargaining um, agendas, because it's still too often missing, is one of the key things that workers' organisations can do. And then looking at how workplace policy functions and ensuring that the proper policies are in place that are going to encourage and foster um, the achievement of equal pay for work of equal value. So that's not just in looking at um, pay scales and making sure that these are gender neutral. And it, it really involves making sure that um, we ourselves are educated and understand um, what we mean by this concept of equal pay for work of equal value. 
Hotel workers all over the world are fighting back against precarious work, unsafe conditions, and sexual harassment. For example, in the United States, 8,000 workers went on strike against Marriott hotels recently, and some are still on the picket lines. The Global Union for Hotel Workers, as well as other food and hospitality sectors, is the IUF. The IUF represents more than 10 million workers who are members of unions in 128 countries. Recently, it held a week of action to support hotel workers. I talked to Massimo Frattini about the week of action. Mr. Frattini is the coordinator for the IUF's hotel, restaurant, and tourism sectors. I asked him what the union does during the week of action and why. We do a series of actions. First of all, we highlight the issue. We would like to inform uh, union members, co-workers, who sometimes are not aware of the risk or, or how tough is this job, but also customers. Uh, it is very important to tell customers that hotel keepers is very demanding. So in many places, in many, many countries, hotel keepers as part of their normal action, go to the hotel and distribute leaflets to customers to tell how tough is the job in order to, to, to highlight the issue. For example, one, one tip, one suggestion they give to customers is if you have your towel replaced, don't leave it on the, on the floor, but put it in the basin so uh, we don't have to bend and hurt our, our back and it will be anyway replaced. So there are just a few suggestions to highlight the type of job. What we do also is to share the information, share all the stories coming from hotel housekeepers, share the challenges, but also share the victories they achieve. So in order to promote what they do globally, so someone can get an example, can benefit from experience from someone else elsewhere, and that will be very important to us. Uh, we also promote the, the campaign towards uh, the institutions, the ILO, UNWTO, again, this is to highlight how tough is the job and that uh, we need different policies. But I think that the, the important part is to negotiate with companies, uh, either global level and national and local level, to negotiate different policies, uh, for example, the policies uh, against sexual harassment, uh, uh, on health and safety, help hotel keepers to improve their work, to fight against outsourcing uh, and to create a network of those keepers ready to campaign, ready to support each other when something happens in a country. What are some of the basic issues facing hotel workers? There are different issues. There are some related to employment, uh, which means as keepers suffer from precarious jobs, uh, seasonal labor and subcontracting. There are others which are related to working conditions, for example, heavy workloads or fast pace, they are requested to, to work. And also from um, uh, workplace hazards, lipid flows, exposure to toxic chemicals and biological hazards, uh, poor work design, for example, rooms are designed for guests, not for housekeepers, but then they have to clean those rooms, uh, or lack of uh, ergonomically designed work equipment. And then there is one uh, common uh, issue, which is the denial of basic human rights, the denial of freedom association and denial of the right to bargain collectively. We now have also a, a major issue that all hotel housekeepers are starting to raise, that is sexual harassment. It has been there for, for forever, but now they are more confident to raise it. They are more confident to speak up. Uh, this is also because of the Me Too movement. Uh, and uh, so we are raising this as a global issue for all of the housekeepers and the workers in, uh, in general.
With his report about union events around the world, here is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a tiny sample of the hundreds of union news stories in 31 languages added to our site each day last week. Our top story section included links to coverage of the militant resistance to anti-union sackings by Coca-Cola's Indonesian bottler, the assassination of a Turkish union leader, and an attack on a trade union leader in Kazakhstan. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Rotating post office strikes continued in Canada as pressure for a legislated end to the strike from corporations like eBay and Amazon increased. Iranian steel workers continued their walkout over a wide variety of issues while teachers began a series of sit-ins at schools across the country. Public sector workers in Greece held a one-day walkout as part of their campaign to make up for years of international monetary fund-imposed austerity. A wage dispute meant that aircraft were receiving no maintenance services at Algeria's largest airport this week. Tax inspectors in Malta escalated their wage dispute into a work stoppage. Late this week, Australian logistics workers celebrated a victory in their wage dispute. A strike by hotel workers across the United States continued. South African municipal workers were off the job to demand wages owed to them. And this week, Slovenian police were considering stepping up their strike action as their work-to-rule campaign has not generated the wage increase their union is looking for. Our top working women's stories included coverage of the recent women's conference of a major Spanish trade union which recommitted the union to the struggle against gender violence, the huge and only slowly shrinking gender pay gap in Australia, and a new program of cooperation between unions representing the mostly women cotton plantation workers in Pakistan. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards Magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the breast cancer cluster discovered amongst Canadian customs officers. Union calls for investigations into a series of horrific truck crashes in Australia and the terrible toll paid by construction workers on a major project in Serbia. Currently, Labor Start is running three online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackheader from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the American folk singer Joe DeLazer with Too Old to Work and Too Young to Die. You work hard for a living until you get old. And sometimes they push you right out of the cold When you're working times through you don't want charity You'd like to retire with some dignity And you're too old to work Too old to work When you're too old to work And you're too young to die Take care of you, how you get by When you're too old to work And you're too young to die They put horses to pasture They feed them on hay Even machines get retired someday The boss gets a pension when he is too old 
You helped him retire, you're out in the cold And you're too old to work, too old to work When you're too old to work and you're too young to die Who will take care of you, how you get by When you're too old to work and you're too young to die There's no easy answer, there's no easy cure Dreaming won't change it, that's one thing for sure But fighting together, we'll get there someday And when we have won, we'll no longer say Too old to work, too old to work When you're too old to work, and you're too young to die Who will take care of you, how you get by When you're too old to work and you're too young to die When you're too old to work and you're too young to die And that's it. International labor news you can use. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. Oh.
Good night, Irene. I'll see you in my
Amen. What a great way to put it. Joe Glazer. Um, let's run that over again. I think I had the mic off, actually. We had Lalo Guerrero with the Marijuana Boogie. We had uh, Ronnie Gilbert and Judy Collins singing the Weavers. Big hit, Irene Goodnight. And we had Joe Glazer, too old to work, too young to die. Perfectly stated. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Joan Baez. And the reason Joan Baez comes up is that last night she sang one of her farewell tour folk icons, artistry, integrity, undiminished in on final tour. Uh, Joan Baez, who is so important to my generation, certainly, um, and to all, I think, future generations as well. She um, was born in the East. Let's see. Staten Island, New York in 1941. Her father moved to California. Okay, she, Joan Baez graduated from Palo Alto High. I guess not many people knew that anyway. Um, they were Quakers. While growing up, Baez was subjected to racial slurs and discrimination due to her Mexican heritage. Consequently, she became involved in a variety of social causes. She declined to play in any white student ventures that were segregated, which meant, meant that when she toured the southern states, she would only play at black colleges. Graduated uh, Palo Alto High in 1958. Um, social justice, she stated in the PB series American Masters, is at the core of her life, looming larger than music. So, Baez, all, all through her time as a, a public figure, let's say, um, talked about social justice. It was a reality for her. Play something else by her. We played Joe Hill. Always, always, always a crusader for peace, nonviolence. Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind. Mädchen flüchten sie geschwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je verstehen? Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind. Wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind, was ist geschehen? 
sagt mir, wo die Mädchen sind. Wenn allen sie geschwind, wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je verstehen? Sagt mir, wo die Männer sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Männer sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Männer sind, zogen fort, der Krieg beginnt. Wann wird man je stehen? Wann wird man je? Sagt, wo die Soldaten sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt, wo die Soldaten sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt, wo die Soldaten sind, über Gräber weht der Wind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je Sagt mir, wo die Gräber sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Gräber sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Gräber sind, Blumen blühen im Sommerwind. Wann wird man je verstehen? Wann wird man je Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, wo sind sie geblieben? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, was ist geschehen? Sagt mir, wo die Blumen sind, Mädchen pflückten sie geschwind. Wann wird man je bestehen? Wann wird man je? So Baez grew up out here. Her parents were afraid that if she got involved with rhythm and blues, she'd become a drug addict, like so many parents at the time. But someone bought her a ukulele, and a relative took her to a concert by Pete Seeger, and she was strongly moved by his his music, his uh, approach social justice um, a retreat at, she had her f played first in Saratoga and uh, in front of a youth group she the f her father moved to MIT so they, they went to live in uh, Massachusetts and Baez had eight people come to her first gig uh, she 
thought about changing her name to Mariah. Like at that time, there was a hit called "They Called the Wind Mariah." So she she got involved. I think this is really important about Joan Baez that she got involved in the Eastern folk scene by being there, and she uh, met people like Odetta. She said Odetta was the main influence on her singing. Uh, So um, she later met people like Bob Gibson, one of the most prominent vocalists singing folk and gospel, and he invited Baez to sing with him at the 1959 Newport Folk Festival. And uh, they called her a barefoot Madonna. And uh, she signed... uh, she signed a uh, contract with Vanguard Records. Let's play something else by her. This, of course, is a classic. We play this often. Both sides 
church it was crowded and no one could see that Cynthia Wellesley's dark number was three her prayers and her feelings would shame you and me and the choir kept singing of freedom Young Carol Robertson entered the door And the number her killers had given was four She asked for a blessing but asked for no more And the choir kept singing of freedom Joan Baez set there, uh, started out with Zachmia Vodi Blumensind, um, very well-known, uh, Where Have All the Flowers Gone, Song for Peace, written by, the words were written by Pete Seeger uh, from a Russian novel. He got the idea from reading a Russian novel. Zachmia Vodi Blumensind, particularly... Uh, compelling, I think, when it's sung in German, as as she did. She she sang, they say, in six different languages, and one was fluent in Spanish. Her father was um, Mexican, and her mother was uh, white. Let's see. Okay. Her father grew up in Brooklyn, New York, where her fa his father preached to and advocated for a Spanish-speaking congregation. Albert Baez turned to the study of mathematics and physics and got a degree in, at Stanford in 1950. 
later credited as co-inventor of the X-ray microscope. Joan's mother was Joan Bridge, born in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, when Joan Baez began recording, I remember uh, she sang a lot of, um, well, you know, old folk songs like uh, From the Child Ballads, that collection of, um, of old ballads. Um, I remember uh, Mary Hamilton is a famous one and uh, several others. So Joan Baez... We could go on. We haven't even touched the surface. What did we play? We played um, Birmingham Sunday. Um, about the horrific bombing that killed four little girls in uh, Birmingham in the 1960s. One of our nicest, best songs, I think. Um and you're just deportees, which if you listen to the show, you probably hear it <laughs> a lot. Um, Baez was one of the first to sing that in on, a, on an album. So Joan Baez, uh, maybe we'll do some more Joan Baez next week, but uh, she is having her farewell tour now. And what do we got? Want better sex? Try socialism in these times. An attention-getting, uh, attention-getting headline. And why women have better sex under socialism? Kristen R. Godsey argues that economic independence for women not only helps all of society; it improves heterosexual relationships too. Feminists have often felt neglected or patronized by socialists. A good portion of feminist writing and politics in the 70s and 80s, for example, dealt with women's experience of condescension from socialists, some of whom saw feminists as a form of identity politics that distracted from the real issues of economic and class inequality in capitalist societies. Kristen Gotze, author of Why Women Have Better Sex Among Under Socialism and Other Arguments for Economic Independence, is of a younger generation. One sees that feminism is central to socialism. This book that grew out of a New York Times op-ed piece that went viral starts with a study of socialist states in Eastern Europe and their transition to forms of capitalism. She charts a history in which plans and policies concerning women in countries like the Soviet Union and Bulgaria were central to visions of the future, the plans for full employment and a flourishing economy. So socialism and feminism are both against the same thing and want to achieve the same thing. I don't advocate a return to any form of 20th century state socialism, she says. Godsey's focus in the second half of the book on sex and sexual relations 
emerges elegantly from the argument she has developed that a feminist politics is central to socialism because it cannot avoid its foundation in economic principles. So long as women are economically dependent on men, there can be no equality. Without such equality, heterosexual relationships will suffer, and so will the experience of sex itself. Hear, hear. Want better sex? Try socialism. Well, looking at the clock here, it's about quarter to twelve. Um, this is Labor and Love, the show where we tell you how it is. Um, I'm trying to think if we got to everything we wanted today. John Prine, we played Paradise, a beautiful song about land that is ruined by coal mining. We had a Joan Baez kind of honoring Joan Baez today tribute and played four or five of her songs. We had Play for Change with their beautiful rendition of Honky Tonk Women. And if you can, uh, get online on YouTube and find the video for that song. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, we dealt with Neil Young and his presidential impeachment song, 804, Rejecting Hoffa's Proposed Agreement, Radio Labor, Hotel Strike, Better Sex, yeah, we got that. And uh, this is The Bee, and let's go out with uh, Joan Baez, huh? Sacco and Vanzetti, the shoot workers who were accused of. And it is one part of a three-part song that was written for the movie Sacco and Vanzetti. Murder. They were probably our. They were accused of murder and theft. In this country. On trumped-up charges. So to speak. And murdered because they were uh, Italian anarchists, and basically. All the words are taken from letters from Vanzetti. I'm a prisoner, fear not to relay my crime. This is the B signing off. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. Remember. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table where you work, you're on the menu. Never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Let's see if we can read a credo here. 
blesses the law with its immensity of strength and power. Against this is the law. Police know how to make a man a guilty. Can I tell you a secret? I don't even care if they're undocumented immigrants in this country. Without social security numbers, they they aren't privy to the welfare people claim they get. The reason... Apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th, 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. 
people ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to MutinyRadio.fm? Well, the answer is simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian Haight-Ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. 
updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch friends out at mutiny radio just a hey people flat flat black plastic is a show you're listening to on mutiny radio.fm